more than you need um well let me uh let me get started and um we start brandon we're gonna start we're starting start, i'm gonna start i'm gonna get my my um notes up so that i don't get lost this is all scripted welcome to the fallout podcast episode 11 aka traitors liars and cunts and we've got a whole bunch of them on board tonight at our best i'm all three it's a fall bracket all 500 songs going head to head over four eras 77 to 85 86 to 93 circa 94 to 2001 and 2002 till 2018 and alongside these jokers alistair phil and ezra we have a special guest last time it went really well so no pressure young man we hoping that you brought your your a face as they say oh. in american sports uh-huh thank you nice to be here um don't know about the a face i'll try and be on point if we're going to be all american yeah can you give us a little bit of a of a rundown about yourself and uh, maybe how you got into the uh, great rock and roll band, The Falls. Oh, Christ. Um, how does anyone get into The Fall? Behind the bike sheds, after school, smoking, that kind of thing. That's where you learn about The Fall, isn't it? Right? Have you heard of these geezers? Uh, and then it was all downhill from there. Where's, uh, where were those bike sheds? Where in the world were they? Northern Ireland. Oh, and, and now you find yourself in the same land as Sage Temple over there. I be, yes, yeah. I be up in the mountains though. Yeah, snowy nice. mountains in Nagano. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to start off, you know, let's break some ice. I can feel that there's a lot of tension in the room. So let's let's do some ice breaking. Um, what's your favorite? Let's start with you, Phil. You're, you like to show off. So what's, what's your favorite Mez noise? Um, Ezra a while back talked about uh, one of his favorites, but what, what's your favorite, Phil Ricky? Uh, well, there's there's a whole plethora of, uh, of noises. I think I made reference in the last episode of, uh, I can't remember what song it was, and went through a whole kind of uh, cascade of, of mess noises. But one of my favorites is the Tommy Cooper voice. That's uh, anytime he gets, anytime you get a bit of that, and we have got a bit of that this episode. But uh, that's that's it. Just puts a smile on my face when he when he starts doing those kind of deep guttural Cooper esque noises. Nice, uh, Grant Shelby's a listener interview. I think it was on the Hanley's podcast where where he was talking about oh, and when he starts with the, with the grunting, it's uh, it's not for everyone. Alistair, what 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 tickles your fancy? Well, don't really have any favourites, but I, I quite like the little sort of tapazuki yelp uh, that he can do sometimes. Yeah. Well, they, they, there's so many to choose from, isn't there? It's a smorgasbord, isn't it? Ezra, what, what's uh, what's yours? Well, beyond the squawk, which I'm sure is a perennial favourite for all of us, really, if we were, you know, if we had the the gun to our heads, uh, it might be the same as what Phil was talking about. But I like to call it rusted bathroom Dalek. I'm sure you know what I mean. I do indeed. Sometimes he, he, a couple of me actually goes through some kind of effects unit, but I think he realised in the late era that he could just do it. He could just switch it on and off at any point mid sentence. He could just leave half his lunch in his mouth before he uh, before he starts. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, have you got a favourite noise that emits from his his mouth? Uh, it's the lupine banshee. It's uh, yeah. 
I'm with you on that. That's tonight's selection, isn't it? It's it's in there, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've always liked that. That that coupled with the slouch, you know, the slouch and the fag, and that kind of there's something that happens with that. I think there's a visual aspect, to, you know, that comes with it. Slouch a vocal performance. It, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's a, a visual thing, but also you know, in 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 evoking that sound, the, the slouch sort of tickles well, it. How you project your you, you set you, your voice, like uh, your posture. Yeah. How about you, What's your favourite? Thanks for asking, Phil. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're here, after all. I I like all of those, but I also like that one he does at the beginning of Pledge, and the one that pops up halfway through Auto Chip tonight was like. Ah, ah. I'm trying to get to rice these mornings. That was uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and, and the one he does it, you know, as well, which is like the earlier version of that. It's a little bit more hyped up. Like, <laughs> screechy, squawky kind of thing. But uh, he's got his, he's got his own style when it comes to falsetto, hasn't he? <laughs> well, on, on Chuck's stuff, I think they attempt something close to a harmony between Hanley and uh, Smith, which is. Uh, ill-advised but uh let's <laughs> let's wait and see whether we're so let's let's crack on so tonight from era one we have carrie grant's wedding which was uh off total's terms like dragnet era um and chock stock which was our chock stock which was off dragnet then we got us 80s 90s off ben sinister and theme for, from era aura which was uh, a comp on a compilation for uh, around extra care year in 1990 we got diva off the Unutterable versus Birthday Song off the Marshall Suite. And then rounding up with Auto Check 2014 to 2016 off Sublingle Tablet. And Over Over off Reformation Post TLC. So, uh, all in all, a fine series of tunes there. Um, are we all good to go? We got our, got our thoughts and feels ready to spill out over the interwebs. Philip, give us a blast of CG's W, if you don't mind. Sage, do you want to go first? All right. Um, yeah, this is a great romp. It's incredible that opening kind of like vocal hit that Marky Smith does. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's quantum squawk, if anything. I was listening to Half Japanese today and, it, I, you know, then I listened to this. So I was like, yeah, you know, this is just a few steps up the kind of musical evolutionary ladder from Half Japanese, you know, like... Great song. Half Japanese, great band. I love Jad Fur and uh, all that kind of uh, wonky, wonky, wonky stuff. But yeah, I know what you mean. This is just a little bit tighter and a little bit more form, but uh, same vibes, I think, in many ways. Al, what do you make of Cary Grant's wedding? 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a good tune. Not one of my favourite early ones, really. But it's, it's still great. Uh, the uh, I said shut up, scream at the beginning. That's uh, a, a great little sort of, uh, you know, let's set the, the scene for what you're going to be receiving. And, uh, you know, may the Lord make you truly thankful. But, uh, yeah, you got the moronic sort of punky chorus. Quite like the like the dead slow verse riff. It's quite heavy, really. Um, I, the, the usual thing going on with me where I'm like, I can't tell what he's going on about. I, I, I am aware of Cary Grant a, a little. Um, I'm sure he had stories about him, Vincent Price and Alice Cooper dropping acid together in the 60s. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, I think uh, I would have liked to, to have heard the, the toms a bit more out of tune. Uh, I, th- I think they sound a bit too in tune, really. For uh, I don't know, it just, it just I, don't, I don't, I don't like that about it. But you know, that's that's a, a teeny weeny little uh, niggle, a little criticism. But all in all, I can't beat Carrie Grant's wedding, can you? Or can you? Can you? If you get an invite, you know, we're not all that lucky, are we? Martin, what's uh, what's your take on this? Uh... Would you want to go to Cary Grant's wedding? Um, I don't know, that's this the, the point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, this was the throwdown, wasn't it? It was the gauntlet, however he batters to the, to the scene. You know, he, he drops the names, Jake Burns, Burnt, Joe Strummer. And I think with the other song, Chockstock, isn't it? It's, it's him. It's classic fall. It's, it's uh, confrontational, even with the scene. So, like, given that the punk community saw themselves as kind of you know rounding wagons against the bourgeoisie it's it's great you know that there he was right there on the record yeah like we do on the stage like we do to the scene trying to keep it real so hence you end up with the surreal of cary grant's wedding and uh have you got your invitation so yeah i like uh, the riff at the beginning i kept thinking black sabbath or something there's something like that I like that yeah. break, and then it goes into the the more popish kind of new wave stuff with that mix with it. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a beautiful cognitive dissonance that they could always do. Yeah. It's an interesting structure. It does a little bit that yeah, it starts off with that doomy riff, and then goes yeah. into country and northern for a little bit. And um, I, I really liked. Yeah, he throws out the he throws the gauntlet down to, to Strummer and, and his ilk. I've got. Yeah. Don't if you heard Stuart Lee. I was talking to Phil about this. Stuart Lee did one called uh, Rustin Brand's Wedding, which is obviously a homage to this it's the worst thing Stuart Lee ever did you can hear it but but he doubles down that same idea of calling out kind of like the celebrities or whatever and I think Chockstop does a bit of the same right where he's basically saying that that scene's no better your scene's no better than that scene you're all slates you're all chips you're all sellouts mm. except mm. for me I'm the only uh, Phil what do you reckon to this I'm very fond of this song. I, I think he start, he knocks it out of the park with the with the opener. That scream, that that sort of uh, I mean, is is up there with with any of the kind of war screams of, of rock and roll, isn't it? Your your, your Percy Plants and your your kind of Noddy Holdens and all all those amazing rock and roll screamers. Um, and I, I think the whole performance is a proper punk virtuoso performance. I think in that register of noises that you associate with kind of punk and new wave and no wave and all that kind of stuff, he, he just shows that he's the best at doing it, really. He's, he's got so much flexibility. I, th- I, I, I concur in terms of, what, what's he on about? <laughs> I'm not quite sure <laughs> it, with a lot of it. I had to kind of piece that together with the, the, the help of the annotated fall, and I've heard this song umpteen times. But um, picking up on something Al said, Cary Grant did take acid. He was in therapy. He had acid therapy. He had it over 100 times, apparently, when you, when you dig mm-hmm. into that. I don't know about the, the, the other people that you referenced, but I know for Cary Grant, definitely. So I, I think that Buster Keaton 
hallucinogen reference is is tying that in, but um, I, I do take the metaphor. Um, like for some, isn't it? <laughs> it, uh, it reminds me of that northern magical realism that he gets going. Not not so much that this is kind of set in the north or anything like that, but it's got that attitude of much like um, uh, Gabriel Marquez's kind of novels, where he, he sort of plays fast and loose with reality, and you're not quite sure what's a bit trippy and what's what's real. Um, which I really like about it, and uh, it, it's got that kind of punk humor sensibility about it as well, isn't it? Like a Derek German kind of jubilee kind of sense of humor about it, where it's you know it's re- it's riffing on Hollywood glamour as as well as the kind of punk scene and all that kind of stuff. So I, I love this tune. I, I I wonder what's not to like about it. Really, it's uh, I think it's a, a quintessential slice of of pure fall awesomeness. Mr. Keaton turned up. He wasn't an old woman. He didn't take hallucinogens. Slaughter of the innocents. <laughs> you know, as I escalate, and Strummer, it's on you. <laughs> um, what does uh, JP Hill from Beyond the Grave, has he made any comments this week? He has. He has. He's come over loud and strong. So uh, on the, uh, the the ethereal plane, though, he came back with sinister stomping with intent, with groovy and jaunty interludes. What's not to like about this one? I haven't a single clue what is going on about, though, to be honest. This track encourages dad dancing and goth shuffling in alternation. I totally the Black Sabbath thing as well, Martin. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I wrote that in my notes. It's such a, like you said, doomy riff to start off with. It's quite, it's it's heavy in the way that only the fall can do heavy, isn't it? I was trying to place it. it it's one of those earworm riffs. I was thinking, is this from somewhere else? It, it But it, it, it grinds. It's got, yeah. The coffin melody. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, let's move on to what it's up against, which is Phil's favourite, Chock Stock. Pop Stock, I mix my Pop Stock. Pop Stock, I mix my Pop Stock. I Pop Stock, I mix my Pop Stock. Porky piggies, Alistair. <laughs> yeah, it's a, an unusual one, really. I think for for the fall, um, but yes, it's a nice one. It's, it's got that nice, nice skippy beat. You know, some kind of daft lyrics going about what they like. You know, uh, chocolate animals, things like that. But it's a simple song with a you know a nice mid late guitar bit in it. Um, productions. You know, very low budget, I think. And they've done an amazing job in making that drum kit sound so shit. It's unbelievable. It makes my kit sound good. Um, the symbols sound shocking on it. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. It's a good tune. It's uh, tough dragnet and it kind of sticks out a little bit in the context of the album and the rest of it. We talked about how much we, a lot of us like the production on dragnet, but for this song, I get you maybe uh, it needed a bit more polish. Martin, mm. what, do you, what do you reckon to uh, Chuck Stop? Uh, yeah, this is a great song. This, it's one of those fall songs, the, the loop and bass, and you know everything sort of counterpoints off that. 
And then uh, now all the bourgeoisie, they hate our crazy scene because we think pop stop stickers, we like we TV. But they're the product of the same systems beyond their control. And then the best line, they stayed on at school and tolerate bad manners. <laughs> um, yeah, great. And, and it's you can pogo and bop around to it very easily. And it's, it's a pop song. It's an anti mm. also an anti kind of snobbish elitist pop song and um share the version that sent etienne did. bob stanley who's just put a book out about uh, the fallout to excavate the sent etienne version is pretty good turns it into mm. a proper proper stomping pop song uh phil what do you reckon to this i did like that sent etienne one actually that you sent ryan that is well worth a listen but uh the fallout it's not my bag really it, it's it's a bit of a joke tune, isn't it? And he, I know it's there's a satire thing going on with it, but it's a bit too jangle jangle for my taste. I, I prefer the uh, the cheese wire guitar stuff, really. It's a bit it's a bit too kind of jaunty and a bit too a bit too much of a contrast to the other things on that album, really, for me to kind of uh, to to grow to grow with it. But um, it did not in the in the whole kind of full mez bingo thing. It has got a guitar solo in the middle, which you don't get very many of in uh, in fall tunes. Um, which is worth keeping me open for while you're listening to it. And yeah, and that other thing about it being anti-Sinister as well is another kind of uh, bingo fall kind of reference, isn't it? But it's it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as mad on this tune as I am Cary Grant's Wedding, which is a bit of a favourite of mine. Like having his cake and eating it, the line where, why are you laughing at or with this song? You don't get to laugh at the song or with it. Everyone's wrong, <laughs> except me again. Ezra, what's uh, what do you make of this? I really like the song. Chalk stock is a hymn to no-brow tastes ahead of its time content. Redacted threatens to lay waste the psychic armor of quote taste unquote. Forget Lee Cooper. Let's get this thing together. <laughs> I think it's a great song. I think it's a stomper satirical and it ticks all my boxes. I was saying to Phil, like, I really remembered Mark Riley singing on it, but then I listened back and I don't think he is. I think Steve Hanley doing those backing vocals, but like I said, ill-advised pop harmonies, but um, they make it work. What does Peel I, I I shudder to think what Peel thinks of this one, given his, re his recent uh, bombast. He, he really pulls his punches, Peel, he does he? So uh, on this one, he, he, he whispered through the uh, supernatural uh, telephone. It's okay, I guess. I've always found it a bit annoying, really, and I don't think I get the point of it. It can have a token one point for taking part. I'm interested to hear you lot talk about this one. Oh, oh, throwing it back into our court. All right, yeah, let's, take, let's, take, them let's take a vote then, shall we? I'll... Are you going Chockstock or are you going Cary Grant's Wedding? I'm going to Cary Grant's Wedding. Interesting. Ezra? I'm fond of both, but I'm going to vote for the Chocks, Chocks, Chockstock. Interesting. Martin? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I find myself leaning towards Dickheads and the, the Preserving Machine with Doc Labyrinth. And... You know, Doc Labyrinth also turned up with the short happy life of the Brown Oxford. And there, you know, one shoe comes to life and the next thing you leave the room, you come back in and there's another shoe and they're in love. And, and I was thinking, yeah, Cary Grant's chock stock. 
So is it possible they could mutate together in a wedding and just be to go together? Is that possible? Absolutely. There was a reference to the chemical wedding, wasn't there, in the, uh, the annotated <laughs> ball notes? So perhaps that's what it is. It's the alchemical bringing together. Yeah. Like box. Acceptable. Bill Rigby. Carrie Grant's wedding all the way. And Peely. Carrie Grant, man. Two points. I'm going to stuff, which gives mm. us three and three. a half, two and a half, so Carrie Grant's wedding sails on through. Um, it's painful sometimes, isn't it? But uh, moving on to Walk This Way by Run DMC, if you could just um, cue it up. Bismarcky, rest in peace. Tops indeed. Alistair, bonus point. Which French side bottom song starts in the, the same beat? Well, you know what? I, you could say one of two, couldn't you? Because it's basically the same song, isn't it? Hey, you street artist and uh, hey, you right, right policeman. Uh, it was, I, I was going to mention both of those, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wasn't sure about it, so I played it to Claire yesterday and she was like, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Want me to continue about it? Please do, Alistair. Please do. Yeah. Well, it's a great song. It's it's, it's a dead fall sounding song, but not really like a, a too similar to any of the others, in my opinion. Um, I love the simple bass riff. It's kind of like the spine of the song, and you've got that really sort of driving simple beat as well. But like all the little space invader noises and. Uh, just a noisier bit. Well, it could have been noisier. I think that would have been better in the mix, but there's a lot going on in the background. It's some really nice, the, the, the sort of like drop down bit to the sort of like rocking bit kind of, uh, those contrasts were very effective. Uh, I did like them. Reminded me a bit as well of, uh, you know, some uh, bottle surface stuff, a little bit of uh, revolting cut uh, even, uh, but mostly Frank Sidebottom. Nice. Phil, you're a libertarian. What do you make of the of this song? <laughs> it's a bricks banger. I, I, when I was re-listening to this this week, I thought I had that sensation, which you must have a lot of. Uh, I'm sure I've written this song off so many times in uh, in previous bits of music that I've put together. I really love the riffing on it. I think it's it's full does rock right. I've kind of re-evaluated Bricks a lot as we've been going through these. And I think this is uh, one of the high points. I, I picked up what Alistair was saying as well about all the electronic twiddling going on in the background, of which the, the textural stuff is really nice in this. Um, so it's a, it's a great track on a good album. Nice. And avoiding the issue, as always. Martin, what, would, uh, what do you make of this? Uh, a bit obvious, I thought. 
rock stars at the immigration, you know, and hey, hey, man, we're getting frisked, you know, what the, what do you expect, you know, and um, and yeah, okay, apart from Cones of Silence, which is I think is a Get Smart reference, that was the device he always used to communicate with. Okay. Um, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I find it I, with the other track, it it became which do you prefer? In terms of magical paths, is it the left-hand path or the right-hand path? This is where this end up once well, Apollonian. Indeed, Ezra. Yeah, this is great, and it's uh, really interesting that uh, the butthole surfers reference was brought up because I hadn't even clocked on that, and here I am with a copy of Rembrandt Pussy Horse lying on my side. You know, when when I first kind of really got into uh, hex induction hour. That was probably around the same time that I got into hip-hop. And so, you know, one of the first thoughts in my malformed mind was like, fucking hell, Marky Smith, he's like a white MC. And, you know, there's a degree of accuracy to that. And so it's interesting to hear this and to read that this was like some form of comment by the fall on the hip-hop movement. It's a great track on a Grayscale album, which is also great. Like, I really like the lyric, had a run-in with Boston Immigration. And to my name had an aversion, nervous droplets due to sleeping sleeping tablets. I mean, yeah, that's that's fucking great. So yeah, it's uh, it's a very nice one. He is the white rapper, but unfortunately, it's Vanilla Ice and not uh, Buck Sixty Five that he was channeling uh, here in this. I, it does not do it for me in the slightest. I don't think they should be toying with these ideas. That's a weak-ass beat. It's a shitty riff, and it's a phoned-in set of lyrics about, yeah, getting frisked at immigration. Oh, the man. Oh, the man's coming for us. The, the, the U.S. has changed so much. It's moved away from freedom. Whoa, coke ready to the 90s, the 20s. It's like, what? Because they wanted to take your gin off you at the airport. Grow <laughs> up, Smith. Nazi. Thumbs down. I think the U.S. is getting freer and freer by the day. But the line, I'm the big shot original rapper, but it's time for me to get off this crapper. <laughs> that's a great line, though. It, it, uh, it that's a homage to Elvis, I wonder, yeah? I, uh, somewhere he said that it, he may have been taking the piss of uh, Lou Reed, who he did an 80s rap-ish single called I'm the Original Rapper, which is cringeworthy. <laughs> Sally can't dance. Shall we? Shall we move on to a song which, for me, when I first heard it, I felt it was in the wrong era. Uh, But um, here it is anyway. Theme from Era Aura.
off just before Mr. Rhodes showed up. <laughs> Martin, uh, I'll come to you first, if you don't mind. What do you make of Era Aura? Uh, yeah, this is where I went with the right and left hand paths of magic. This goes more left hand. That I thought of like the snake oil rhythm. It just uh, dense lyrics. It sort of hustles and skips and twists and meanders and kind of made me think it's it's the the doors the end kind of you know or we velvet underground heroin it goes off in that kind of territory and then lyrically it's just what the fuck it just dense images it's him kind of i think he's showing off kind of shooting the the pomposity pistol like you know kind of all these weird historical references very literate yeah this uh, this i dug yeah nice nice ezra how about you yeah, what an amazing find, eh? Um, apparently this was only released on like a really kind of low visibility indie compilation. And it's so good. It's so good. And like, uh, yeah, getting more into the Sabbath of it, you know, like it's a real fucking dirty swinger. Uh, seems like Mark is screaming about the wheels of time. And the horror of the errors of the progressive rock believers. And, you know, we're getting back into the kind of no-brow, high-brow kind of clique stuff. And um, it seems like maybe he just realized that, you know, it doesn't only exist within the world of uh, music fans, that you can also, you know, expand that to politics, <laughs> humanity in, in general. So it's a truly terrifying thing. And that's what I think. That's a fine opinion, Ezra, and I agree in many ways. But I'll, I'll save my opinions for a moment because I want to hear what Phil Rigby has to say about this. I like the, I like the analogy about the left-hand path stuff. I think that case is totally the vibe going on with this, isn't it? It's something so sinister creeping along with it. It's that musically, it I really reminded me of an action park, of like that shellac kind of creepy kind of uh, the tone I think is is just like an Albini guitar tone and the, even the, the riffage the the kind of pull-offs that they're using on the riff is is very similar to those kind of shellacky kind of riffs and um, so heavy heavy but only in the way that the fall can pull it off without any smell of a distortion pedal going on and uh I just I I, I love this this dark vibe that they get going on these records where it does leave you kind of feeling a little bit shaken and like you should be looking over your shoulder really after uh, after the record's played. So I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed getting into this tune. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's sinister in a way that it's Brammer. Martin Brammer came back. He's, he's playing the guitar on this and I think this is the first track after he came back before they made um, what extra kit, right? Yeah, and, and originally it came out not even under the Falls name, but it did come out on that uh, World Bewitched CD, which is where I think a lot of people first heard it. Very cool track. Alistair, what did you make of it? Yeah, I've known this one for a long time because I got the comp that it was on. Um, like mainly Manchester bands, you know, it was kind of as the Manchester thing was going on. Uh, like Wilder Twist were on there with uh, Storm, um, and that came out as a single later. I think single out of them is dead now, isn't it? Yeah, I think oh. so. He passed away a few years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's, how's the compilation? In general, it's pretty crap. Uh, there's stuff like Motown Brothers on there, and there's um, it's mostly poppy stuff. People are putting out stuff on indies. 
uh, around Manchester at the time. So it's, it's pretty light, light stuff. Like, and the whole tr- tune is the best one on there. I mean, the World Twist one's quite competent for what it is, which is, you know, it's a, a poppy, retro type tune. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good comp. Well, it, for, for having the fall on it, uh, I it cost me about a five or something like that, 1990. The whole track, the best track. Yeah, by a long shot. Um, but I mean, if you're thinking about what was going on at the time in Manchester, um, you know, it was that like 1960s sort of metro kind of uh, baggy groove. And this is like kind of just putting two fingers up to it, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's like we're the fall, we're doing our thing. But yeah, the, the groove in it is just, it's, yeah, it's really dark sounding, really loose. Uh, <clears throat> some really good like fills and, and dropouts that give it, you know, that kind of pace. Um, really solid bass and the guitar only comes in after about a minute or something it's just sort of like building up and you don't you hardly notice it but great production some great sort of in the red stuff on there and yeah it, 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 it was on the on the comp it was uh, you know smith hanley wolfenscroft that's it he didn't say the fall it just had the names but yeah mostly drum bass and tambourine uh, you can make a new genre out of that if you want Nice, yeah. Um, there's this thing that goes on every week we, we come across and, and some theme jumps out. And what happened here, I think, we started with 80s, 90s, Aurora, Diva Loot, then going to birth this on an auto chip. And they all, to me, they're these expansive kind of, they're not really songs in the same way that, say, Chockstock or Carrie Grant's Wedding. But this is the one that hits it of all of them. I, I've got a soft spot for a couple of the others, but this one, there's just something so sinister and menacing and then just the impenetrability of his lyrics, which do seem to be something to do with war in Europe or um, this kind of expansive. He talked, he seems to reference Napoleon at some point, but then he goes on to, to, to talk about Bismarck and, and it's, it's culture. I don't think I've got anything more to add than that it is a really deep, sinister kill tune and it, it's an outlier in the false catalogue. Unfortunately, I would have liked to, to have a lot more of this stuff. I had so, the word lurching in my description of it. It's like a lurching creature that's just moving through the dark forest towards you. It's like it's getting closer and closer and closer. You can just hear it moving through the bricolage of the, of the, of the woods. The horror, the, the, the horror of the error. It's uh, thematically strong. Shall we take a vote? Let's listen to Peely's uh, takes on these two things. And then we'll take a so, vote. So, 80s, 90s, Peely tapped through the furniture. This was an early favourite of mine, and it remains high on the list. The bass is sublime. And I love the texture of the track with pew sounding electronics here and there. The drum machine sounding beat and the occasional twangy guitar bit. For me, it has all the good sides of Beggar's production styles without the negatives. And then for the other one, how were these two songs put against one another? No cosmic justice, just cold void and sleeping elder things. This is throbbing with menace and swagger, not in a hurry to fuck you up. This should be a three, and so should 80s, 90s, but I'll have to give it a one because of your silly rules. This is what I wish you are missing. This is what I wish uh, you are missing winners sounded like. Kind of a bit uh, carried away with himself, though, isn't he? Yes. It seems strange that he would single out. He seems to have a bit of a dislike for Blaney. 
at anything he was involved. But um, I think we've all got uh, those Lovecraftian vibes coming through the ether. So let's uh, let's take a vote. I'm going to go for theme for error aura. How about you, Ezra? Well, from my notes, uh, shuffling, lurching, loping beat that's excellent, recurrent fall theme that is the impossibility of utopia and eternal failure of man. Reading, and then I stopped trying. <laughs> and I suppose that means the error aurori. Martin. Um, well, I, I find this, uh, the, these two songs for me, and comparing them, it became symptomatic of the, uh, the Cold War. So the US versus communist Russia. Or in the case of Paley, he caught it there. It's the Cold Void War. Um, or it could be the COVID War, I guess, if we uh, go with the current days. But um, I guess in, if it is the Cold War and it's capitalism versus communism, then I'm going to go with communism. So theme from error gets my vote. Yeah. One from the Stygians. Claire Parry. <coughs> Yeah, um, as much as I like the uh, the, the Frank Sidebottom groove of the uh, 80s and 90s, I'm, I'm going to have to go with error. Is it going to sweep the board? Tell Rigby. I've not picked up on the uh, Walk This Way vibe on the, on the 80s and 90s thing before, and it's, it's, it's making it harder for me to pick now, because um, I do like 80s and 90s, but it, it will have to be error. It's, it's too... too splendiferous attitude not to vote for really tells three beautiful beautiful stuff moving on to devolute versus birthday song interesting purring let me listen to some english glass knot if you don't mind could go on but i won't phil tell us about devolute self-indulgent nonsense uh, i i have english very little... snuffs. <laughs> <laughs> i have i've got very little time for this at all i don't like the music i think it's lazy and i think he's just he's just reading out of his notepad isn't he i don't think he spent that much time piecing this together it's it's all a bit Wyndham lewis blast in terms of not really being that linear, it just seems to be shouting at things. He's like a, a a drunken man wandering around the streets, pointing at lampposts and falling out with them, I think, for, for most of this. I won't even call it a tune. It's not a song. It's just some background noise with him ranting over the top of it. Um, I, so not massively impressed, really. I, I think it's um, more prose poem, isn't it? And I, I guess he, he, he tries to do the duet thing through a, through a reverb pedal. But um, nah, not not for me. This is you, Phil. This is you. This isn't a song. You're <laughs> not allowed to do that kind of stuff. I don't like creativity. <laughs> <Banker>. <laughs> I, 
That's only just Larry. That's... <laughs> how, a very poignant question, how does a man prize the political from anything, from a garden metamorphosis, from a barge, a jet plane or a loaf? Come on, Martin. Indeed, how does one? Um, twin voices, twin towers. It's uh, Sonic Youth, I Dreamed, I Dreamed, probably their best song. They never revisited that beautiful twin voice thing. Tangerine Dream and Coil, I found being evoked. Um, mm. And lyrically, it's just, it's it's rubble, isn't it? It's just, as you, as you wander around in the dust of what the fuck's going on, is he just this, you know, wild-eyed, prophetic guy, or is he the tumbling drunk who's got, a, got his notepad in his hand? Or is that the same thing, really? Um, it's a weird number. And then just the beautiful production, just the... It's the experimental side, you know, you've got all the off-room kind of stuff going on in the background, stumbling around. It's, yeah. Um, is it a tune? Is it not a tune? Is it music? Is it just sound? Hmm. Things fall apart. The quiet taste. It's a certain strand of the fall. It's not for, it's not for everyone. Phil, what's that, what's that Lovecraft story called where the chap is living this dream life? And then it really works out that he's just a tramp dead on a beach at the end. Oh, it's the it's the name of the city, isn't it? it begins with C. I can't remember. Like Caliphate or something like that. Something like that. So, and it's like, is that what Smith's doing here? To the outside, it looks like he's shouting at shoes, but uh, on the inside, there is a dream world that the rest of us can never fully access. Alistair. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of arty sounding. It was all right. It reminded me of uh, throbbing gristle quite a bit. Um, sort of like bleak sounding synthy tape recordery stuff going on. And uh, uh, it's all about textures. And I, I thought the production was, was quite good. Uh, I did find just the idea of Matt Smith just ranting over a synth quite amusing, though. Um, so it, it, it has its comedic moments yeah uh, but yeah i quite like that the hiss on it as well uh, in the, the from the table card i thought that was quite nice but yeah it's, it's not what you call a pop tune is it but um there's a, a place for this kind of thing i think so yeah spot on ezra what do you make of this well first of all the album is fucking brilliant you know, it's steadily rising in my estimations as well. It's quite an outlier album because it was basically him, uh, the keyboard player. I, was that Elena Palou at the time? I, I, I'm not it's sure. Uh, Julian Eagles. Uh, Julian Eagle, right. That, that album, The Unutterable, is the one that, that came just after they had a big bust up. Well, this yeah, is right. Absolutely. And uh, Grant Showbiz. And so it's a real outlier of an album. And it, and it sounds like it, you know, like only recently I, I've been listening to it and wondering if half the rhythm tracks are actually, you know, live kits or this song's fucking brilliant. I really, really like it a lot. Best lyrics would be strafed by days of chance. English glasnost. Its visitation is vibration. I am not wrongable from the werewolf and the pseudo jobs. And then, you know, Towards the end of it, there's this great solo going on, and it sounds like it's a beer can and maybe a ping pong ball or something. So, you know, you really get the scent, and he's kind of singing about also not being able to afford anything apart from whiskey, unless my memory is uh, deceiving me. 
So it's, you know, it's also kind of sad. It sounds really d- down in his cups. It's fantastically great. I think all of our memories are deceiving us at this point in this song because it is, uh, it's madness. Um, so, you know, the context, I guess, of this era was that the Scottish Parliament and the Welsh Assembly were, so devolution as a concept was kind of in the air, I think. So I get the feeling that he's just watching telly and just writing down, like he's watching that, like, Andrew Marr chew up some, some lefty and, and uh, noting down what he says and then spewing it back in between. He seems to do. There's a few songs around this year where he just reads out letters that either he has actually written or he's pretended to write. Um, I was listening to so the, obviously the Pete Tong one, which is not a letter, but it's an article. And then I listened to one off um, TLC today, which is called The the Usher, something like that, which is very, very funny. But uh, this is like, um, you're sincerely Smith geriatric. You're sincerely famous face. There is a little matter of you shafting someone like you're, like they're working like what you did in Sheffield. It's like... It is. Rubble is the perfect uh, way to describe this, but uh, it's beautiful. It's the kind of fall stuff that I wish uh, was just on the radio all the time. Radio 1, prime time, drive time. Now, Devolute by the floor, extended remix. What about um, birthday song? Outliers, if every song is an outlier, there's, a, there's an idea that basically the whole is mostly made up of like contents pages and uh, prologues and indexes and has very little actual like core. For every totally wired, there's 15 birthday songs or devolute. Um, Ezra, what do you make of this strange little track? This is another tough cookie because I like both tunes pretty much as much as each other birthday song it's got some great kind of black lodge spiritualism fucking vibes to it you know like uh on the annotated fall and i would absolutely concur it's the kind of language that you'll hear spiritualists using mediums using when they're like you know communing with the spirits of the dead and some of the lyrics are incredible. And this is my favorite part of it. As if by flight, behold, I am sat in a leafy winding spiral ablaze, clad stones stocked up with pebbles, rumbling, 
trying to, like you, navigate without pains. And in dreams, I stumble toward you, knees knocked as you evaporate. Though I am teed up, I am in the next room with you always. And that's just fucking wonderful. It is. We talked about Billy's Dead early on. Obviously, that scene is one of the most sentimental kind of songs. But this is leagues beyond that. This sounds like I, I thought that he was reading somebody else's poem or this was something he'd written for a funeral. <laughs> it's called Birthday Song. <laughs> um, Martin, what do you make of this? Uh, well, musically, it's Deep Forest and One Dove, isn't it? And then and then I thought of it. Uh, Marky e. Smith as doing an impersonation of Noel Coward, doing an impersonation of early Tom Waits. And Tom Waits is channeling the romantic poets, and death must be so beautiful to lie in the soft brown earth, soft brown earth with the soft green grass blowing above my head. Um, yeah, and that's spiritual stuff. And it's just such a weird sentiment where you get into, you know, it's, it's the birthday and the funeral well, they are one. There's your. There's the ultimate birthday, isn't it? The we all become the butterfly, and off we go. You know, um, interesting. <laughs> That's so weak to say, isn't it? Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It's beautifully off kilter and just throwing. Yeah, and I, I get you with the the spiritualist vibe on it. I'm in the next room. Yeah, we've got a friend, Doctor Awesome, who did a. Uh a thesis on uh, spiritualists and mediums who hear voices and uh, hopefully he'll come on and, and we can have a chat about we've talked about this film before right about the nature of maybe smith whether he believes it or whether he just played it up he you know was heard voices or or, or lived that and and one of the thesis of um of greg who, who wrote this thing is uh, is that uh, schizophrenia and uh, mediums have a lot of overlap mm. it's an interesting area to get into i'm not sure if it directly relates to this song but um that really that, you know, popped up to me while i was thinking about this kind of stuff so what do you make of this uh, yeah I, I i like the tune i i, I think it's um I, I totally get all those those poetic uh motifs that the the, the that Ezra and Matt have just been talking about. But the line that really jumped out at me was like this really mundane line in it of it's it's there. It's on the right. I'm I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's just like I must have heard my dad say that in the past like umpteen times to my mom or something. It's just like one of those kind of slightly frustrated lines that you come out with. But he just handles it so beautifully in this. It's like it is pure poetry. It's it's plucking something from the mundane turning it into something incandescent in the context of, of, of this particular piece of art that he's, he's putting together, I, which I thought was I thought was absolutely fab. I mean, that musically, it, it just kind of reminds me of everything from that era, that sort of screamadelica, Andy Weatherall, 90s indie dance kind of vibey noise. Is this Julian Nagel as well? I, I, it sounds like the kind of programming that she would put together for the for the type of stuff that we don't do is who, who can't sort yeah, of sing is, enough she's on the marshall suite so this is the one and i'm going to put some context in for this song as well when i, when I chirp up but uh, this is the one they put together they scratched together after the band basically dissolved and it was only nagel and smith left and then the unutterable 
was when they kind of more or less put that band together with Neville Wilding and stuff. For they're on this one, but most of the Marshall Suite seems to be put together by Nagel. Um, yeah, but it's I, I the other thought that I had whilst I was listening to this through a few times was the word sentimental has been bandied around quite a bit when when talking about this tune. Now, I think it's a bit of a pejorative term that really in a lot of the context. I was I'd see it as being a tender song. It's just him actually just making himself vulnerable a little bit in terms of how he's what he's presenting about himself and that what you're saying about the, the mediums and can he does he believe it or not and it really reminds me of that Ramsey Dukes essay about the magus and the charlatan and where he talks about trickery and magic being two sides of the same coin that you have to kind of you trick yourself into believing it and it's in that process that you actually experience something magical. Uh, so it's, I, I see Smithy as kind of playing around in that territory of, well, it may be a joke, but if you get the joke, then you'll get something else with it as well. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of chopping the veg up in the sauce to feed the kids kind of thing. Yeah. And magical thinking is a way of being a, a creativity. Yeah. Oh, what's, what do you make of this little tune? It reminded me of um, a drag racing underground song, and I can't remember which one it is, but that's uh, a really nice one with sort of like piano on it, and it's like a little conversation that's going on, and that's it's that kind of the, the sentiment in it again. It reminded me again of, of you know something that you get on the uh, BBC Radio Radio Three uh, Sleepy Mix sort of uh, program that they put on late at night. Um, because it has got like a very sort of ambient sound to it, very kind of reflective sound. And yeah, it was, it was a, a, again, a, another side of the fall that you don't see too often, but when you do see it, it's always a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, this totally took me like from left field. It just totally blindsided me because my dad passed away about five or six years ago and the poem that they used at the funeral and shared around was that one about you know um i've only slipped away into the next room which is a mm. common poem and it struck me as um he says some lines very very similar to that i'm always in the next room with you and it's it was impossible for me not to then connect those things even if you know maybe there's not necessarily a strong connection so it was very really emotional actually to listen to the song and i i have the marshall script i used to like it i don't remember this song at all and it's probably just in this context that it just just really uh struck a chord which was i was not expecting after devolute and chalk stuff and uh, it totally caught me out but the other thing that got me thinking was the context so, so he'd been arrested less than a year earlier for attacking julian Nagel. In, in New York. So this that was when the whole thing went down. He actually got arrested. And uh, I don't think he went back to to, to, to the States um, to, to face charges or whatever. So I'm not really sure what happened, but there's a little bit of that in the doghouse thing. And I wondered how much of it was, you know, how much of it was uh, a part of that. But uh, it's really impossible to say. So this is a really complex kind of like set of, Emotions going on that may not necessarily even be in the song. I'm just projecting all this stuff on top of it. And uh, I'm, I thought that music was Eno-esque. Well, I want to say a little bit, uh, a little bit eno light maybe. But, um, the, um, the, the lyric that Phil was on about, though, the, uh, it's the, you know, that one that reminded me of Count Arthur Strong. 
Just imagine him doing that, you know. It's there. Can you not see it? Looking <laughs> at it right now. <laughs> There's an irritation running through the lyrics of like the beautiful poem, but occasionally. And another thing you do, Rob. <laughs> Stop pulling that first. Leave that bit out. Leave that bit out. Um, all right. So, what does has everyone everyone said something? Right. What does Peely uh, make of these two? So, starting with Devolute, I really like this one, and it has some brilliant and funny lines for a sonic experiment type deal. Bubbling away sounds and lovely ranting. Famous face should be at least two, maybe three points but it's a one-pointer because of the next one, Birthday Song. There aren't many songs by the fall that I would call beautiful, but this is one. I love the wistful, wistful recitation, smell of stale cigarette smoke, a chipped picture frame. Should be another three-pointer, but two will have to do. I also like the fact that he sticks to the point system, something that none of the rest of us have <laughs> mentioned since episode one, so good, good work on you. In this you might be dead, but there are rules. Exactly. If you, if you don't use the points, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he mocks, knowing full well that he peels now. <laughs> you can't do anything. I've got the microphone. All right. So let's take a vote. Devolute versus birthday song. Al. Birthday song. Martin. Uh, Dito. Birthday song. Yep. Ezra. This is just like slates in LA all over again. You're really forcing me to choose between two equally excellent things. But I do feel inclined to go towards birthday song. Good, good. good. And Philip? It's easy because Devil is shit. So uh, it could be birthday song. <laughs> easy, easy. I, uh, I actually thought it would go the other way. Knowing you heartless bastards, I thought it was just me. But, <laughs> but uh, the birthday song it is, and it sounds like Peely's gone that way. So a clean sweep. Moving on to Auto Chip 2014 and Over Over. the noise thing i said um this should have started four minutes in it feels like there's a long long warm-up and um then it kind of breaks down into that that uh that weird kind of <laughs> that weird creepy voice he does ah, ah, english musicians and then for the next like what five or six minutes he's fucking spot on it is noise, but you know it is quite rockish but i think they do a good job 
I do wonder whether that one night by the English musicians are like, all right, listen to this now song and just copy it. And he's like, no, that fucking doesn't sound anything like it. And then just sings the worst lyricals and over again. That really like, spoils it for me. The rest of it's pretty good, even though it might be about getting his windscreen replaced or whatever it's like. <laughs> I think there's two drummers on it. You'll have to tell me if that's correct, Al. But um, he sees life uh, through a 204 cracked window chip. I have absolutely no idea if there's two drummers on it or not. Uh, it doesn't sound like it, but it, it, it could be just doing exactly the same thing, which is a bit pointless. But yeah, the annoying thing that sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, it, yeah, it's another short tune by the fall. Um, you know, they don't like uh, wasting people's time, do they? Uh, but I really like the uh, the production. It's a nice guitar lick that they, 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 they keeps on repeating. Yeah, the, the, all there is mentions of English musicians that was stood out quite a bit as well. There, you know, the other West type. Um, and at times uh, there was like a little bit of Link Ray sounding guitar in it. I thought, but um, that's just my opinion, and uh, we'll leave it at that. I'm scoring down any any song that goes down, 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 Mister Road. All leave cancelled. Error, error, and now this one. And error is not even played by Greenway. So Peter Greenway, who plays on all those last six albums, he's got a fucking go-to riff. It's like, no thank you. But actually, from about four minutes on, I really, really like it. If I can chat that beginning bit off, I would, uh, I'd have a good, good old listen to this in the back. Phil, what do you make of this? So something with Tablet I really like as an album. I've got a big massive soft spot for it. And but weirdly, the more that I listened to this tune, the more I went off it. Really, it, it feels a bit bloated to me. And it, uh, that breakdown at five minutes, then it comes back. I just don't think the the riff's strong enough to to come back in the way that the the they obviously think it is. The, I, I think the tone of the guitar actually has a lot to do with it for me. I think you're probably right in terms of listening to this Noi record and now go and do it, but he said that to a pub rock band rather than a band that used to listen to Crack Rock. And, and rather than the tunes that we had earlier where it was clean guitar, but it sounds heavy, this is distorted guitar, but it sounds a bit light and a bit kind of, I don't know, like it, it could get blown away in the wind a little bit, um, for my money. English Musicians, I think, is a great line to shout when drunk. Uh, I think it's, it, it kind of takes that box as in something to kind of uh, blurt down a microphone, which which just, it sounds a bit edgy, but I'm not quite sure what he's on about, other than just slagging off people who were probably in his own band. Yeah, but I, I just lost a bit of interest in it. I thought it was all right to begin with. I used to just listen to it when it was on the album playing through, but the more that I've listened to it on its own, it was like, yeah, I know it's, it's quite strong enough for a 10-minute uh, die down in the middle and then come back, and I don't think the crowd would be cheering at the end. But, you know, what do I know? As an English musician yourself. English musician! The worst kind of human. <laughs> Ezra. You're, you're a sort of English musician, but um, but a good one. You emigrated. Yeah, this song makes me feel like Bob Geldof. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I can't really see the Neu reference. Like, the drum patterns are way too complicated to be, you know, this is, this is not a fucking clear Neu tribute, I feel. And I, I just love... 
the lyrical, you know, uh, the vocal performance as well, you know, like also with Devolute, you know, like I just love the tracks where you hear a lot of the, the vocals. There's a point on it where he like kind of just exhales a word in the same way that uh, the uh, old Dirty Bastard does on the 36 Chambers. It dropped that science. And like he's just like, it just like exhales. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of this this track. I, I, I think it probably could have been recorded better, but outside of that, I've got, and you know, it's, it's just like you really like just like, suffer. Spray. He's got he's got some nice vocal sounds going on in that for sure. Mm. Martin, what's the what's your take on auto This for me just got, was a bit too radical, radical. Um, you know, you kids get off my lawn. I'm suffering. You with your your auto tune music. What's that about? Eh, go on, it's not real music. Go on, get out of here. I'm suffering. I'm suffering. So yeah, and the noy, I I took the noy, yeah, and he, I was annoyed by it. Went on a bit too long, and uh, yeah, just new music, new music. Don't get it. Auto tune doesn't happen, you know. So that, that's how I read it. But thankfully, not as bad as Van Morrison's most most recent <laughs> efforts. What was it? What was it again, Phil? Have you heard that one, Martin? No. Book. Get off Facebook. Posting too many times on Facebook. How do I get to insert an image? And um, wagon wheels are not as big as they used to be. (laughs) The look back bores. Over, over. Traitors, liars, and canucks. Let's hear a little bit of that. Shameless ripoff of great psychedelic 60s pop tune, if you don't mind, Phil. I think it's over now. I can't say I'm done. I think it's over now. I think it's beginning. A seven-year cycle seems to happen every day I walk up the hill and then descend in every way Is that enough? That's plenty more, do It's plenty. Alistair, what do you make of uh, this thing? Yeah. I thought it was uh, a competent rip, yeah. <laughs> I, it's quite a gravy change. I, did, I wrote down foot tapper and uh, looked at my notes and uh, when I was listening to it and I was tapping my foot and it was just like, all right, yeah, clearly that's reinforced that opinion. Uh, but yeah, t- the, the Tommy Cooper stuff, uh, I'm sure Phil's going to get into that, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave all that up to him. But I think Tommy Cooper, uh, having had that suggested a couple of weeks ago, I think, and uh, it's like, oh God, he's doing it again, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, the backing vocals are also funny as well. Uh, the, uh, the bit at the end where it speeds up, it just didn't add anything to it. it. That was completely pointless. But yeah, it's got that sort of like kind of garagey feel to it, a bit stoogey-y. Um, I, keyboard, I don't know what it was. There was something about it, it reminded me of The Chain by Fleetwood uh, Mac. <laughs> but that, that's a random one. You, know, just sort of, you scribble stuff down, it's like, and you look at it later, it's what? 
But uh, yeah, it was okay. Faint praise indeed. My foot was literally tapping. Ezra, what do you reckon? Only an idiot can argue with a lyric that is, I walk up the hill and then descend in every way. You know, I've been walking up hills and descending them in every way throughout my life. And so, yes, you know, I, I do I do feel what he's driving up. Is it more Sisyphus or John Craven? I suppose it depends on the Land Rover or lack thereof. Martin, what do you reckon to this one? Yeah, this one, United States of America. It was nice to see, nice to hear a cover of one of their songs. It was that reference. It was, it was great to hear he'd pick, you know, his pen homage to them. Bad left me, nah, neither here nor there. I was, I was up the hill, neither up nor down, with it, I guess. Aye, aye. Philip. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish, this. Everything's phoned in about it. I, I just, there's, there's, I have nothing positive to say about this at all. Even that I actually brought down even Tommy Cooper can't save it at two minutes 30. Um, the, the laugh at the start, I really like, actually. The, uh, the pirate laugh at the start, I thought that's, and then it's just downhill from that point, really. What's with that stupid backing vocal going on as well, all the way through? I, I, I don't know who's doing that, but it adds nothing at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I hate this album, so I vote against any track off it just out of principle. But uh, it, it's no, this is this isn't good. This is not good stuff. This is not what I joined this for. There's plenty more to come, Phil. This isn't right. This is. You thought systematic abuse, we kept digging, we're down into over, over. The strat is going on forever. It's, it's shitty turtles all the way down. Tepid cover of a great psych song, but at least there are no Mr. Road riffs. Um, he does throw in a couple of nice lyrical additions because he's clearly... The, the, I've got a theory that, that TLC actually works, the first half works pretty decently as a kind of concept album about the old band splitting up and putting a new one together. I'm not sure if it's a great concept, but this one, he's talking about the old band, you know, seven-year cycle. So the, he, the Hanley thing went down, and about seven or eight years later, now Bert Whistle and his group have all ditched him in the middle of America. And so he's had to pick up with, his, with this band. And... Um, they, one day, three fellows, they all club together to get their hair back and replace their shiny heads. All tan skinned, they did sail the shiny sea. I don't even think any of them are bald, but he has a really, anyone who annoys him is, is, is a bald man who needs to, to, to sail the shiny sea. But um, yes, sadly, you listen to the original and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. And you're opening the album with this. All right. What does Peel think of these two? So Peely says, uh, Auto Chip, he says, I really like elements of this track, but like a lot of later day fall, it buries interesting lyrical ideas behind the repetition of a bland line, winnied ad nauseum. I like the desert rock guitar work, reminds me a bit of sped up chaos could be a lot more than it ends up being should get a token one point but here it gets three and 
over, he says, the oral equivalent of acid reflux. Wank. Nil fucking points. He's a wise, wise words as always. Well, let's let's um, let's prolong the agony no longer and take a vote. Sadly, although we don't want to buy into the idea that the fall got shit. Um, <laughs> once again, we are with two songs that many of us don't want to put either of them through, particularly. But um, we have to. We have to. Otherwise, none of this matters. <laughs> Alistair, which one are you putting through? I'll put auto chip through. Here <laughs> <laughs> I have. Oh, if I have to. <laughs> if a most. Martin? It's the auto chip on the shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, go on. Nice Stick it man. in there. Go on. Give it one more chance. Come up against Age of Chang in round two. It'll make the final. <laughs> it's the easy route. Ezra? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, like, he sees life through the back of the black hat, blackheads at in front. It's got to be auto chip. I think it's not that bad at all. Don't know what you're bitching about. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I agree. Actually, I I I think, like I said, chop up at the end of auto chip, and I'm very happy with that last four or five minutes. I think it's got a lot of nice stuff going on. So I am also going for auto chip. Over, over, it's over. Drive time. Oh, Rigby. Can I vote for Cammy Grant again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can yeah, do Yeah, auto chip's got to be. Has to be. All right. So to recap, we are putting through Cardigan's Wedding, Theme from Order Order, Birthday Song, and Auto Chip. Going through to the second round. I want to throw this question at you. I don't know if I'll do it every week, but it might be fun. What's the standout track of the evening? 20 seconds or less. What's your standout track for you? Al, what do you reckon of US? I think it's ever, ever all right. Um, that's, that's there's a quality to it which is um, quite dark. Um, it's got like yeah, that spooky feel to it. Nice sort of uh, whiff of mystical shit. Nice. Uh, Ezra, what's your what's your standout track this evening? There's been a lot of fucking good tracks actually tonight, and yeah, I'm I am inclined to agree with Al. But I would also give an honourable shout out to Devolute, which I thought was fucking excellent. Beautiful. Uh, Philip, what about you? I guess it's a toss up between error and birthday song for me, in, in terms of what my favourite one is. But having heard you like, all wax lyrical about Devolute, I may well go back and uh, have a re listen to that, I think, and uh, see, if you can, see if you can educate me. In the world of British politics, English glasnost. Where did that go? Oh, it's not like the 80s. And Martin, thank you very much for joining us. It's been uh, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, it's been a pleasure to, to like, for me, I, I don't have that big of full knowledge. So to, to sort of be gifted with these tunes to dip through their catalogue and 80s, 90s, noughties, fall, where are we? It's... Uh, Hard to choose a standout track from any of these. Theme from Error RR, but still, I like you know Cary Grant's wedding is uh it's for me it's the howl the howl right at the beginning, which screeched it all off. Um, so I'll go with Cary Grant's wedding. 
think I'm going to go for Era Aura as well for its uh, malevolence, but um, some great tunes. And uh, it's wonderful just to pick the random bag and there's always, always gold in there. But, um, well, thanks for joining us, Martin. Hopefully you'll come back one sweet day and join us again. Thank you. Uh, if you'll help me, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Thank wow. you. Yeah. And if the, you got a playlist as good as this one, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And thanks, no chaps. Any any final words for the people out there in listener land? Stay hydrated. Very much so, yes. Yeah. Eat pot fish. <laughs> is, that, is that like a pot? But noodle? most of all, maintain hydration. It's exceptionally hot. It is. Not in Wigan, mate. And... Uh, uh, Japan beating Spain 1-0 in this friendly that's going on right now. So for the football fans, hopefully that's not spoiled anything for you in that game that was a month ago. But um, I'm unspoiled. I'm going to change my choice then. I'm going to go for theme from Error right? Yeah. If they're beaten. Yes. Yeah, we, we've slipped into uh, the multiverse. So good night, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Stay calm. <laughs>